Welcome to CalCast, your creator national podcast. God Network News, Episode 204. Welcome, GNN fans, to another episode of God Network News, the podcast that tells you what God's doing around the world. Not what CNN tells you, but what GNN tells you is going on in the world. If you're tired of listening to all of that crisis network news and you want to hear what God's doing, well, give us a listen. Steve Addison is a great podcaster and very passionate about movements of peoples to Christ. And Steve has his own podcast, very successful podcast, with over 226 podcast episodes. And the name of his podcast is On the Road to No Place Left. And we highly recommend that you subscribe to his podcast because he has an overwhelming library of exciting topics related to movements. And if you want to learn more about movements, Movements. This is the place to find the information, and he has lots of training and tools and other resources that will really make your investigation of this topic successful. So we really want to thank Steve Addison and his partners there at movements.net forward slash podcast. That's how you can find it at movements.net forward slash podcast for all of the resources that he has given us for these next few podcasts. Thank you very much, Steve. gospel has traveled from these original 50 villages and uh, the fathers i have verification that there is a, a church in a village is 220 kilometers away and uh, that part of sudan it's a region as big as france has churches all over there is no no major region that is left out there in every la- in, in every major city and every town and then also Obviously, not in every single village, but in 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 in, in villages covering all the districts. <laughs> can we record this? Yes, we can, because the government has changed its stance. Um, initially, they wanted to suppress the movement, but they have kind of given up. Mm-hmm. They realized this is too big to suppress. We cannot, and so they have developed an attitude. I've been told by several national leaders where they say, oh, they have become apostates. They have become Christians. Don't care about these guys. Which shows that, you know, if this is the, how the government assesses this, um, they, they have seen some of the uh, magnitude of what has been happening. All that we contributed, I asked God about this is, um, and I felt he said, you know, you were faithful and you were there. 
And I, I, I was so deep, acutely aware of it by my own weakness. Um, the week these breakthrough meetings happened, I slept in the house of one of the chiefs, village chiefs. And, you know, you sleep basically on the ground in a courtyard because um, they have only hats and the hats are too hot in the summer. And so I, here I was in the wide open sky, God's, you know, magnificent greatness displayed in the sky. And I was just plain exhausted. I was exhausted emotionally. I was um, uh, exhausted physically, completely. Um, and I, I didn't feel strong spiritually at all. So in utter dependence on God saying, Father, this is you. This is so evidently you and so clearly uh, not me. Um, hunger for God is one of the qualities that later my research identified is something that all effective movement have, have in common. So I think here you see in a in a state of weakness, my my utter dependence of God, my my hunger for God to be evident in my weakness, in spite of my weakness, and, and through my weakness. The second thing is boldness. You know, imagine, and I've thought this about this a hundred times. Imagine I had followed my feelings, my promptings beautiful vaccination campaign, right? Um, and then sat down. I mean, I believe God is sovereign. I believe there is a limitation to these reflections. But humanly speaking, could it be that all this had never happened? So th there is this significant factor I feel in, in my own experience of the human responsibility in this fact, in this in, in this particular instance, my lack of boldness motivating me to see God for more boldness. Mm. And in the moment, still the choice I had, do I choose boldness now or I choose do I choose to play it safe? And no one, you know, um, in my mission, my leader, my supporter, no one would have blamed me because this is hostile, right? And you're doing great work anyway, and you're sharing the good news. And yet, you know, what would have been lost? Hmm. So I say this with great awe, but the, 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 the human factor, God has chosen to use us, his earthen vessels, yet, you know, his glory in us. So that is a, a significant factor. Um, a third factor is um, God continues his work with human uh, brokenness, flaws, and immaturities. You're listening to God Network News Podcast with your host, Cal Curtis. Look up our website at godnetworknews.com. So, in our case, too, and I hear this from many colleagues, you know, um, one of the early key leaders, he was actually the man of the first hour and the pillar of the movement, respected by everyone, training elders already himself, uh, passing on everything he had learned. And he embellished money, you know, um, he began to deceive others. 
and he is out now. Um, and still God, you know, used him for so many years while in, in the background, um, he was already unfaithful with, with financial resources. H how does that work? How, how can God be so congenial, if that's the right word, you know, to accept it, that his servants have flaws, there is fleshly tendencies, there is brokenness, there is even sin in their lives. And yet, he used that guy, um, I call him Omar, he used Omar as the pillar of, well, almost 10 years, more than five, well, almost 10 years, as the key leader of the movement. How is that? Well, I don't have an answer to it other than marvel how God is so good. And also to think, you know, at the end, God gets the credit. Um, you know, I think Martin Luther said, a carpenter who uses perfect tools is still a great carpenter. But imagine a carpenter who use, you know, tools that are that are have faults and are old and, and rusty, you know, and not polished. And he still produces a masterpiece. Uh, that that is a yet greater carpenter. Uh, I don't know. Um, this is a great analogy. That that's my best um, explanation. But God uses men and women with significant flaws, and yet He writes His story. That, that encourages me. Um, in many ways, I think the locals have changed me. Um, sitting with them. So this is what we did. Um, Okay, now we are a community um, of, uh, uh, we call this Jesus groups. And in the first hour, we avoided the word term church. Today, they call themselves churches. That's okay. Um, okay, what does it mean to share life? What do we do when we gather together? So we basically read together through the book of Acts and, 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 and watched the disciples, the early disciples. Well, when they got together, what happened? What did they do? And so that's what we'll do as well. Very frankly, it was a new learning and an unlearning. What is kingdom life? Obviously, I had brought my tradition, my German way of doing, my actually conservative evangelical way of doing things, my rather traditional way. And I was open to, um, to uh, I was prepared to say the expression of the kingdom, the expression of church, among uh, Muslims uh, in, or former Muslims in Sudan must look different. I was open to that. But I think I wasn't ready for the fact that it would transform me. And so, uh, um, I mean, take, take people orientation. Um, God made me um, a, a task-oriented person. I grew up in a culture that is known for its efficiency and you know, straightforwardness. Wow, you know, these people shape me in their people orientation. It's all about your honor. It's all about your face. Um, and, and if you're the leader, you know, I, I want to make sure that you're elevated to your status. Um, yes, we, we might get something done as well, but um, that is what really matters. And I learned that this is Jesus, <laughs> you know, love your neighbor, love the person that God put in front of you is, is my greatest mission in the world. More important than to get anything accomplished. 
it transformed me. Uh, the value of relationships. Um, in my Christian upbringing, relationships were a means to an end. Kind of, you know, we need to get along so we get something accomplished uh, as the simplified version, because ultimately we're really only doing things together for God. And I learned from these young disciples from Muslim backgrounds who brought the cultural value of relational uh, unity, uh, the, 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 the importance of the relational bond into the kingdom. And, and, and purified it and learned to now to, to resolve conflict in a better way than they used to, right? So they were transformed by the gospel too. But I was transformed because, wow, you know, um, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, how Jesus uh, forging the bond with the 12, for example, by living, spending time with them day and night, by sharing life with them, was his primary vehicle of launching his kingdom in the world. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider donating to help us continue to bring exciting stories fresh from the field. Visit our website at godnetworknews.com and select the PayPal link on the right side of the page or consider becoming a Patreon partner to receive access to more valuable materials exclusive to our members.